Hi, I'm Gary Schleifer, and this is Beyond the Page, brought to you by Choice, the magazine of professional coaching. Choice is more than a magazine. It's a community of people who use and share coaching tools, tips, and techniques to add value to their businesses and impact their clients. It's an institution of learning built over the course of 20 years. Yes, we're in our 21st year of publication, dedicated to improving the lives of coaches and their clients, because we all want to make a difference, right? Uh, in today's episode, I'm speaking with master mentor coach, Claire Norman, who is the author of an article in our latest issue, Journey to Excellence, Activating Mentor Coaching and Coaching Supervision. Her particular article, which I love the title and I want to talk more about that, is Unlearning the Key to Mentor Coaching. A little bit about Claire. She has over 20 years of coaching experience. She's an MCC, is highly sought after by other expert coaches, as well as successful coach training companies as a master mentor coach. Um, now, first of all, I, I know I'm going to go into the rest of this, but I'm just dying to know, how did you become a master mentor coach? It's a self-designated title. Oh, it's like me. I'm a CSO. I'm a chief, <laughs> yeah. a chief schmoozing officer. Perfect. I love it. I love but, it. Just think, this may come along that, you know, you will make it happen. Stranger yeah. things happen in our profession. Yeah, Claire, I mean, I, I figure that um, I wrote the first English language book on mentor coaching called Mentor Coaching, a Practical Guide. And um, so, and what I don't know about mentor coaching, well, I don't know what it's, the end is yet to be is yet to be known. It's yet to be known, yes, right. exactly. Well, let me add a little bit more about you. Um, uh, you, I'm going to talk directly to you in our audience at the same time. Uh, continually sharpen individuals' coaching edge and upskill mentor coaches so they can deliver high quality feedback to their coaches in development. Uh, your laser focus is on mindset shifts, which you wrote a lot about in the article. Thank you. And, and your knack for spotting marginal gains. I love that has made her a go-to person for coaches looking for mentorship and practical, meaningful ways to improve their practice. You have an international following of both coaching peers and senior leadership. You're making a difference in the world via the professional application of coaching. And what you didn't say in for me to say, so thank you for saying it, is you wrote the first English language book about it. Why did you have to say English language? Was there another language that came before? Uh, yeah, somebody beat me to the punch. And I hadn't realized it until after I published mine that, uh, oh, I can't remember who the author was, but he had written a Spanish language book on mental coaching. So Damien, is... Damien Goldmark? Yes, I think it was. <laughs> who is just above you on the header in the magazine who we also have interviewed. So yes. I love how the worlds collide. We are so, it's yeah, it's a small coaching world. Small mm -hmm. coaching world. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to say, hey, Claire, thanks for joining us today. <laughs> it is lovely to be here. Calling in from the UK. Thank you so much for taking the time. Well, you know, I normally ask the writers, like, why did you write the article? Well, kind of obvious why you wrote it. But what called you to write for choice? Well, um, <laughs> one of my colleagues, actually, um, she sent me the call to action that you had posted about yes. this particular um 
I was going to say episode. That is not an episode. Yeah. <laughs> issue. Issue. Thank yes. you. Being about mental coaching and supervision. And she said, of course, you've got to write something, Claire. So I was like, right. yes, of course I have. Uh, so that was what led me into um, writing the article. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for doing so. Um, I want to go back to, to your bio. And you said you're sought after by coach training companies. Are you starting to see now that corporations are also calling for mentor coaches? Because I've heard that some contracts have to have coaching supervi supervisors. Yes. So uh, I am doing some mental coaching in corporates uh, who have an internal coaching pool. Mm -hmm. um, and I, the thing is, I'm not sure that er everybody recognizes the difference between mental coaching and supervision. In fact, I know they don't know the difference. Right. And so, um, you know, there is an education process about how can the two play in the same sandpit but give you different um, outcomes with supervision being about keeping us safe and sane and mm -hmm. mental coaching, keeping us sharp. And if you put those three together, you get safe, sane and sharp. Um, and so, yeah, more and more coaches are uh, coming directly for mental coaching, partly, you know, because it's a requirement of the ICF. Right. But also, um, you know, I, I'm trying to change the perception of other coaching bodies and, and coaches who are aligned with other coaching bodies um, to show them actually how much value they can get from mental coaching um, alongside their supervision, which is self-reported. So are you doing work on return on investment that can like, you know, impact studies? Is that what you're saying? No, no, I haven't gone that far. Um, <laughs> that hard to measure. But um, the, the, um, the upskilling, the, the up leveling, leveling up as our government would call it in the UK. Uh, yeah. Um, of coaches who uh, may have some blind spots that don't get pulled out in supervision because supervision is self-reported and you know you only bring what you bring whereas in mentor coaching because you've got a line a light shone directly on your coaching because you bring a recording or you um, uh, do a, a live coaching session with a mentor coach observing there's nowhere to hide yeah. and all that, that that probably sounds really scary for some people oh I can't yeah. hide. um actually it's the best form of learning in conjunction with supervision I I contend that well I spend my development money on supervision and mental coaching primarily um because they're so individually tailored to me and where I am as a coach and my journey of mastery um, that I think that that is where the return on investment comes much more so mm -hmm. than more training. Right. Uh, isn't tailored to me as an individual. Okay. So if you had all of your supervision, all your mentoring covered, what would you learn next? Because you're kind of like the lead of the pack in this area. In, in the area of mental coaching. 
No, just in general. Well, I only just got my MCC. So Congratulations. I'm, thank you. I'm a newbie of two weeks, uh, three weeks maybe. Wow. Basking in that. <laughs> but as somebody said to me, one of my friends so kindly put it, he said, Claire, you've just reached base camp. <laughs> How true. Yeah, what a great way to so say true. that. Yeah. yeah, because that, it's really it's not a destination. It's a, that's why I always say the journey to mastery, right? Yeah, well, and I would say the journey of mastery because there's no two. There is no destination, as you said. Oh, so, Claire! Now I'm going to have to change my closing statements from now uh, on. Yes. Oh, journey of mastery. Well, thank you. I've just un unlearned and relearned. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me to the article. Now, I you you entitled it "Unlearning." I learned unlearning <laughs> in a course with Janet Harvey on my journey. Oh my gosh! How do we say it now? Journey of of mastery. mastery. So I can't even remember it already. Journey of Mastery. Hold on. Put it in the book. Put it in the book. Okay. Yes. Journey of Mastery. And I heard unlearning and I was like, wow, what's that? So I'd really love for you to uh, just expand upon how you came about that, what's, how you use it and that sort of thing. What yeah. do you mean by that? Well, technically, according to the research, it is not possible to unlearn. <laughs> <laughs> so... um we're more like we are reframing what we already oh, know okay um and we and we know that as coaches that we're supporting people to reframe mindsets that um may not be so useful to them mm. in changes that they want to make and exactly the same is so for coaches we um we start on our journey as coaches with many many mindsets which we have adopted through life and work through the injections from our parents or our peers or our workplaces uh, or even our coach training you know we get these interjections from all over the place which we then kind of integrate into our beliefs and ways of being right. and they serve us in normal life if you like mm -hmm. um but they can get in the way of us being the best coaches we can be hmm. so for example our parents many of our parents and i am generalizing but this seems to um resonate with a lot of people many of our parents taught us that it's rude to interrupt and it is i'm, rude I'm sorry what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is rude to interrupt in the normal course of conversation but in coaching there could be a time and a place where it could be useful if the person we're working with is um telling the story that they've told a hundred times to other people before because they're not going to get anything new from filling us in on the detail so as long as we've asked permission in our 
session contracting to interrupt, there is nothing wrong with interrupting to just check in with them that um, this is whether this is useful to them to say it out loud, whether they're joining some new dots or not. Mm-hmm. If they're getting new thinking, then great. But if they're not getting to new thinking, which is what coaching is meant to be about, then let's just make a conscious decision about whether to keep telling that story and filling me in as the coach. So that's one of the mindset shifts that we might need to reframe or unlearn. Um, Getting rid of our mother or father's voice uh, on top of our shoulders. Long time ago, sister, long time ago. Yeah, yeah. But even though it was a long time ago, it has stuck. Yeah. And so there are, I've discovered 83 of those mindsets that have stuck with us that are not particularly useful in coaching. Hmm. Um, now, I don't want to make them rules. Um, you must do this, you must do that, you should do the other, you should believe this, not mm-hmm. that. But um, I've certainly noticed that that if people can make some shifts in those mindsets and let go of those unhelpful mindsets and move towards something different um then their coaching and therefore uh the results of their coaching can be exponentially better different yeah and i'll just bet one of the ways to do that is with a mentor coach Exactly. (laughs) Yes. So I would contend that mentor coaching should not only be looking at the competencies, because the competencies are the skills, right? Right. And we, yes, we use the PCC markers as the guide for for um, how a coach. can show up in order to meet the standard but if the coach and the mental coach do not look at the mindset that goes behind the skill set then the coach might be able to change their behavior for long enough to be able to come up with some recordings that they can submit to the ICF for example if they're going for a credential But if they have not worked on their mindset first, they're going to slip back to old ways as soon as they've got their their credential. And that's not the point of this whole process. The point is to, you know, keep learning, keep growing um, and not to slip back to those old beliefs. Um, So so how does a coach or a mentor coach help in that process of keeping the new learning in place well so ideally the mental coach would ask so what's going on for you when you say x mm-hmm. um what is what is the little voice that's talking to you right and where does that little voice come from and 
how useful is that little voice these days? How useful is that little voice for you in coaching? How useful is it for the person you're working with? I call them the thinker. Um, so you're, you're getting underneath the surface in order to help the coach to recognize where this belief comes from and then asking them whether they wish to actually adopt a different belief. Okay. Yeah. So to unlearn the one that's getting in the way, potentially yeah. in the way, and relearn a new one. Because then if they choose to adopt that new belief, then the skills and the competencies will fall into place. Because mm. it will just make much more sense. Wow. Um, wow, thank you for that explanation and example in a sense you know you have me going in my head one of the things my my parents used to say is you know work hard and you'll get ahead and i i always counter in my mind to work smart but it's interesting how it starts with the old belief a remind i'm reminding myself so i've obviously got a key to the mindset change going nope and then that lead that learn relearning leads me to I'm an, I'm very good at organizing and with systems. Mm -hmm. So working hard doesn't make sense to me. It, it makes sense in a way to get something done maybe, but not as a way of living. And how do I work smart? How do, oh, so there's obviously a system missing here and boom, on, off I go, right? So yeah, yeah. It's all making well, sense. And that is one of the mindsets that I discovered was that people are still, coaches are still holding on to that voice of try harder, work hard. When actually coaches, if they could let go of that need to work so hard and actually put the onus on the person they're working with to think hard mm -hmm. to build their thinking muscles to enable them to become independent critical thinkers the coach is doing themselves out of a job but that is what we should be doing exactly and um so it's a very different mindset in coaching i really see coaches working way too hard taking far too much responsibility on their shoulders because that's the mindset that <laughs> they've been taught by their parents or by school. And uh, they yeah. haven't yet let it go. <laughs> I remember having a coach and she used to send me notes afterwards about our session. And I was like, and of course I never read them. Not really. <laughs> like I saw them and I'm like, and, and one time, because we were also friends, so she, but I had a contractor as a coach. And I said, I think I've actually said you're working. Why are you doing that? You're working way too hard. And I think yeah. she did eventually stop because, of course, that for us, at least, it altered our agreement, which is fine, right? You're always re revising the agreement. But yeah. yeah. And, you know, one, I'm going to say an and on that is, and if you do that, where you work on the, I'm going to, and this isn't the right word, of course, but the quality, well, hold on, the safe, sane, was that safe, sane, sharp areas of your coaching, you'll gain more credibility. People will talk, your clients will talk you up more because you're having that much more of an impact. So it's, it's, you know, it's actually along with what you said in the article and what you're saying today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Wow. And one of the um, beliefs that I wrote about in the article is, is this one that um, from um, Marcy, Marcia. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the other one, actually, from um, the Coaches Training Institute around. Oh, right. Naturally Creative Resource. And we all spout that one as a belief. Yes, I believe that all of my the people I work with are creative resourceful and whole. But what I actually see in practice in coaching sessions that I observe is a belief that, oh no, they don't know enough. So I'll I'll just insert something or I'll ask a leading question that enables them to get to the guilty, guilty. Caught ya, caught ya. So, you know, there is definitely a difference between espoused values and lived values in coaching and and we need to question ourselves okay if I'm saying that I believe that people are creative resourceful and whole am I really following through on that in the ways that I speak and behave and ask questions and notice things etc etc or actually am I belying that particular belief right yeah. You know, when you when I was rereading that for today's conversation and hearing it again, I hear the step that I usually find I need to take. Shut up. Yes. Because yeah. when I hear that in my head, I'm like, oh, no, this isn't about me. This is about them. Wait a minute. See what like you've done the question, whatever the question is, non-leading. And then you just wait. And it's like. Silence. Yeah. You know? Cool. The best question. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely golden. Um, and yet, that's something that people have grown up to believe is awkward. And so, as coaches, we, we really need to get over that mindset that silence is a bad thing. It's it's really is the best question ever. <laughs> I, I'm I'm torn between. Uh, we have a friend, and he is a verbal processor. So I'm torn between, is it verbal processing or can we just have some silence? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, but it's so interesting to watch when you're a coach and you're okay. I'm fine with silence, Mm -hmm. but to watch people who are just squirming, if there isn't something being said by two or more people in a, in a conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny. Really funny. Yeah. Well, let's let's have a little uh, step back into Claire Norman's life. Okay. And what have you unlearned yourself as part of your journey of mastery? <laughs> well, um, one of the things that I have been learning, well, unlearning first, I needed to unlearn. Uh, what I had been taught in coach training around reflecting back what I had heard in order to show that I was listening. So you would think that's a good thing. I mean, it actually is one of the PCC markers for us to Mm -hmm. be able to reflect back what we've heard in order to support the client to hear it themselves. But actually more powerful I have been discovering is to build in that reflection into my next question Mm. or 
to show that I to show that I've been listening or that I've heard by integrating their words or their phrase into the next question. So I then don't need to take airspace by reflecting back what I heard because I can do it in that question. Right. Um, so that's one of the things that I've been finding is wow. really, really um, powerful for getting out of their way and enabling them to get back into the thinking space as quickly as possible. Right. And still incorporating the reflective action, the reflective process. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Wow, brilliant. And then another one that I have been um, unlearning is um, around emotions. And uh, so so I have, I have learned to lean in much more to emotions, to go to feel comfortable and confident that the emotions that are there in the room in that moment are useful and that there is wisdom in those no emotions. No kidding, yeah. So I've had to get over the... You know, this thing that we got taught about the diff the difference between coaching and therapy and you don't you know when when not to go there because it's therapeutic. Whereas actually I'm feeling more and more comfortable to lean in. I definitely know where my you know my boundary is and where I would uh be checking in with them about whether a therapeutic intervention or some other intervention is more um, useful to them at that moment in time than coaching. So I do know where that that boundary is, but it's 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 much further out mm -hmm. than it ever used to be. Right. Uh, where I used to, uh, and I noticed that a lot in in um, coaches who are at the beginning of their journey of mastery um that they they are almost scared to lean into that emotion mm. they're wondering well what what if it goes too far and i can't contain it back into <laughs> i i laugh because i i have no fear whatsoever of going into emotion i it's like oh so what's going on for you right now yeah yeah right it's there anyway you can't avoid it no so, um, um, why avoid it because there's so much wisdom in it i also um, don't think we really know now where that line is i don't think many people reach it but when they're when the coach is really uncomfortable i'm guessing that's when they'll know mm. and and if you have a mentor coach or a coach and a and or a coach supervisor which you know you you can share that with them and they'll help you on the way. So you've got a support structure. So go crazy. Exactly. Um, <laughs> go crazy. You know, I, I can't help it that lately the, the it's, I actually put it in my converse, my agreement conversation and starting coaching is so coaching has sometimes been compared to therapy. Sometimes it will feel like it is therapy and it's not, it's coaching. 
So, exactly. so, and I have, I have one client every time she goes, I'm ready for my therapy session, <laughs> jokingly, <laughs> but, and I'm like, oh, well that I, I'll get off then. And we'll let me know when you're ready for coaching. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a, she's a riot. I love my clients. I love what I do. You obviously love what you do. I am, I we're running out of time, but I, I have to say, I am very struck by your I'm going to say humility in light of everything that you've accomplished in this area. You're still like you're, you're coming at it with, with open eye and wide, wild eyed anxiety, anxiousness, uh, learning anticipation of like what's next and, yeah. you know, and fresh on to an MCC and stuff like that. But I just wanted to say, you're just so approachable lovely delightful conversation thank you so much i have enjoyed it too gary this has yeah. been a, a generative and generous conversation oh I thank you well we're going to ask you to be but generous with one more thing what do you want our audience uh to do as a result of the article and or this conversation because some people will not don't have the article yeah so um Oh, gosh, there's so many things I'd like to ask them to do. <laughs> One would be to connect with me on LinkedIn and you'll get more, yeah. much more of this stuff. I post a lot about. And uh, that's linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash Claire dash Norman dash PCC, which you'll change. It still says PCC at the moment. Yes. But oh, we are goodness. That, but it, that should still get to me. Definitely. Right. Okay. And um, but also a, as a call to action. Well, there's a call to action to mentor coaches, first of all, which is please start focusing on mindset, not just skill set, as you mm -hmm. are working with coaches that you work with, to enable them to make a sustainable shift mm. in their competencies, not just a shift to get them through the recordings with the ICF. Um, and then the call to action to coaches, if you don't already have mental coaching in your portfolio of learning and development, add it in. Mm -hmm. um, supervision and mental coaching, as I said at the beginning, they are, I would say, the highest impact investments we can make in our self-development as a coach. Where would you suggest that our listeners, readers go to find a mentor, coach, or a coaching supervisor? So um, the ICF website has a listing of mentor coaches. So you can find the listing there of global mentor coaches. Um, I'm not sure if there's a listing for supervisors as well on the global site. Mm. I can't quite remember, but I know on the UK site, we can tick boxes to say whether we are a supervisor. Whether you are or not. Yeah. Okay. But offering them, you know, if I were to go look for one, would I find it there? Okay. ICF's a good, and I'm guessing EMCC well would. Well, the EMCC does not require mental coaching. They require supervision. So you would be able to find supervisors through the EMCC site. You'd also be able to find supervisors through the Association 
of coaching supervisors. Oh, right. Yeah, um, they were. They wrote for the uh, issue as well. So great. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And love your advice to your request to mentor coaches as well. That was awesome. And uh, um, I've already said the best way to connect with you is at LinkedIn, Claire-Norman-PCC, even though she's an MCC, or at Claire at ClaireNormanCoachingAssociates.com. And both of those will be put, as they say, down here below the recording. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gary. That's it for this episode of Beyond the Page. For more episodes, subscribe via your favorite podcast app. And uh, we have it on good research authority that Apple and Spotify seem to be our key ones. That's pretty cool. Uh, don't forget to sign up for your free Digital Issue of Choice magazine if you're not a subscriber by going to choice-online.com and clicking the sign up now button. Okay, wait for my closing change. I'm Gary Schleifer. Enjoy your journey of mastery. Beautiful. Got it. <laughs> Thanks again, Claire. Have yourself a great day. Take care.